Welcome to the Journey to Pay Speaking Gigs podcast, where we focus on how to find your voice, develop your message, so that you can get consistently paid speaking gigs that generate income. Not only are you going to learn how to find your voice, but you're going to hear from professionals in the industry who are making a powerful impact, sharing their story, and impacting lives. As a speaker and mindset expert, I'm really big on showing people how to win, but I'm also on a mission of helping new speakers get on stage so that they can share their story and get paid to impact people's lives. So I created a free event list that are looking for speakers in 2021. If you're looking to tap into the market and build a profitable speaking business, I have high quality leads for new and up and coming speakers to get booked in 2021. All you have to do is head to the Charles Clark forward slash who dash hires dash motivational dash speakers. The link is in the show notes. So let's get back to the show. All right, yo, we are back with another episode, the Journey to Pay Speaking Gigs podcast. And this time I have my man, Jake. Welcome to the show. There we go, baby. It's great to, it's great to be here, man. Excited to, uh, to chat with you. Yeah, man. So, you know, let the Thrive Tribe know, who is Jake Calvin? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a uh, two-time author, written the books Elevate Beyond and Elevate Your Network, working on my third one right now, which is pretty exciting. I've created the Pro Basketball Combine, which helped over 70 NBA players sign their first contract. And I'm a business coach to millennial entrepreneurs who are looking to be high-performing, productivity-crushing, and freedom-achieving people. Yeah, man. So how, how did you get into the lane of helping NBA prospects and coaching up, coaching up on them? Yeah, man. So, so when I was growing up, my, I mean, my first dream was to play for the Lakers. Okay, being a kid from SoCal, like the dream was to play with Kobe and the Lakers. That was that was on yeah. the agenda. But as a five eight Jewish kid from the suburbs, that dream kind of ended quickly. <laughs> and at the end of my high school career, I was like, if I can't play D one, I might as well use my academics and try to become a sports agent. If I can't play the game anymore, might as well represent the players in the game. Yeah. And so I went to college, studied to be a sports agent, had all this like momentum. And then right before I graduated, the agency I was going to work with, they actually went on a hiring freeze and couldn't bring me on. So I kind of had to put everything I had learned from USC and all the experiences of networking, interviewing, and all these things. And I ended up landing a job with the Los Angeles Lakers. And so that was Closer ended up it, being huh? my first job. <laughs> yeah. So, so I couldn't play for the team, but I was on the court, you know, executing yeah. all the brand partnerships <laughs> and doing those types of things. So that was how I got started in sports. And then from there, you know, things progressed and I ended up writing my book during that season. It was Kobe's final season. And then a year later, that's when I had the idea to say, well, what if we could create a secondary NBA draft combine that would help the guys that aren't on tier one, but the guys that are right underneath, how do we get them noticed? How do we get them seen? And that has taken on a life of its own since then. Yeah. It's amazing how like your purpose still connects to, to failure and adversity. And when things don't go your way, it, it all connects somehow. And so you, you went from this journey of wanting to be an NBA star to now helping other people become that star for themselves. Like, what was that like mindset wise? Like, what allowed you to make that shift and say, I still want to be connected to this sport? You know, because I, I feel like there's so many people out there who didn't make it, but yet there's still other opportunity to, to make a difference. Oh, there, I mean, there's so many opportunities in anything that you do, right? I mean, that's, right. that's one of the beautiful things about life. There's always, there's always another door that opens when one closes, right? And so yeah. 
for me, you know, I mean, sure, the dream of playing in the NBA was awesome, but it, it wasn't, you know, all that likely from from the get go. And and I just knew that the game of basketball brought me so much joy. Yeah. And so I knew that I wanted to do something with basketball. Now, on the other side, the thing that I really enjoy in life is I love people. I love connecting with people. I love helping people get to the next level in their life. And so I was like, well, how can I do this? How can I do this in the basketball arena? Mm -hmm. And if I wanted to stand out as a 24-year-old kid, I had to find something that would make me unique. And the thing that would make me unique was to create an entire second NBA combine and help players get into the league. And so that's that was my way of saying, you know what, I want to help these players. I want to help them get to the next level. And I want to do it through the medium of the game of basketball. Mm. And that's what allowed me to put everything together to create that combine. Yeah, wow. So how does that all connect to you speaking on the stage? You know, what what was that connection to say, well, wait a minute, I did this combine here, and now I think I need to be speaking on the stage and and making an impact in people's lives. What was that transition like? So when I was with the Lakers and it was Kobe's final season, all right? So it was like the best time to be with the team unless they were winning the championship because you had all the attention on the team. You had all these, all these different agreements and everything. And there was um, an experience I actually had with Jerry West. So I'm getting in the elevator, all right? And this is, this is something that's, that's in my book. And I, and I was getting on the elevator and I was going to go pick a contestant up to take them down to the court to do one of their contests. Uh, I think they were going to do like the half court shot or something like that. And I get out there, I get, I get in the elevator and right as the elevator doors are about to close, Jerry West walks in. Now I'm a 22 year old assistant at the time. Mm-hmm. My heart is pounding. I mean, <laughs> I grew up a huge Laker fan, right? Yeah, and Jerry yeah. West is in there. So now it's me, the elevator attendant and Jerry West. And I'm like, no way. Like this is the coolest thing, right? Yeah, yeah. The elevator attendant though has no clue who Jerry West is. He has no idea that he's in the presence of greatness. So he asked Jerry, he says, excuse me, sir, what, what floor do you want to go to? Now, Jerry says the courtside event level floor because he's Jerry West, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the person working the elevator, he looks at Jerry and he goes, do you have a credential? Otherwise, I'm going to have to ask you to step off the elevator because this young gentleman pointing at me, he's got work to do. <laughs> and, and so, and I'm like, this is not happening. I'm, I'm like, there's no way this is happening. And Jerry doesn't have a credential. And so he, he says very politely, he goes, no, I don't have a credential, but do you know who I am? And yeah. the person in the elevator says, no, I have no idea, but I'm going to need you to step off. <laughs> and, and I don't know why. And I don't know why, but in that moment, Jerry's about to get off. And I just say, wait. He's with me. He's my guest, yeah. right? I'll escort him down. The elevator attendant kind of looks at me and is kind of thinking in his head, like, well, why wouldn't you have said anything up to this point? You're over here just sweating with pit stains. You know what I mean? Because you're nervous. Yeah. And so, so I look at Jerry and I'm like, you cool with that? And Jerry looks at me and he goes, yeah, man, of course. And so I look at the elevator attendant and I say, yeah, he's my guest. <laughs> the next 14 seconds, Charles, greatest elevator ride I've ever wow. had. All right. Yeah. I get out the elevator. I get out the elevator and I'm in my head saying, oh, shoot. Is he about to be pissed at me? Is he about to be pissed at this elevator attendant? Like, what is about to happen right now when we both get out? Mm -hmm. And as we're about to go our separate ways, he sticks out his hand and he says, thank you. I appreciate what you just did for me. And it was right then and there that I realized the very simple truth about life. We are all people and we all have the same basic desires to be loved, to be heard, to be complimented, to feel that we belong and to feel that we matter. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter that Jerry West was the NBA logo and I was a 22-year-old assistant sweating because I was so excited and nervous. Yeah, None of that matters. And in life, it doesn't matter what our age is, what our status is, where we come from, what we do, how much money we have. What matters is that we all have these same desires to be loved, to be heard, to be complimented. 
And Jerry West made me feel like a million bucks. And it was there that now as I connect the dots looking backwards, where I realized that I needed to do more for other people than just the job in the Lakers. I need to do more. I needed to give back more. I need to help elevate people to that next level. So I actually, for the second half of the season, I would leave my home at five in the morning, drive to the Lakers office, and I'd write for about two hours in the morning. And I eventually came out with my first book. Mm. So in between the season with the Lakers, because when Kobe retired, I retired, launched my book. Yeah. And so between that season to a year and a half later, I had released a book. I had started speaking. I had started building this combine. And then things started to pick up because I had different experiences that were all under this umbrella of like peak performance, achieving your potential, getting to that next level. And I had stories from the basketball world that enabled me to leverage credibility. Yeah. And that's kind of how I made that transition. And then once the combine happened, we were able to go to the next level with that because we had produced, you know, millions of dollars in contracts with, for our players. And we had done all these great things. Um, and so I was able to share those stories as well. Yeah. You you know, I think it's so cool because like it, it shows you, you don't have to be the best speaker. You don't have to be the most successful person in the world in order for the, to make a difference in people's lives. Like, you know, this is coming from a guy who was assistant from with the Lakers. Kobe, assistant, they both make an impact. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, still, you, wherever you are, guys, it don't matter where you start. Just understand that your voice needs to be heard. If you know that you're called to speak, use that voice because it can make a difference in people's lives. So to you, what, what does it mean to speak? What does it mean? I mean, it's, it, it means everything, dude. I mean, I love speaking. It is, it is great. On like, a, on like a business side that people will pay you money to talk. Like that's a yeah. great thing. Like truth be told, that's amazing. But the, the, the real reason I love speaking so much is because when you finish that speech, when you finish that speech and you deliver something that's incredible that you know is going to help these people and somebody comes up to you after where they're crying, they're smiling and they just wrap their arms around you and give you a hug or, or whatever their reaction is, yeah. that's why we do this. Right. Because we are making a difference and that's going to cause that ripple effect and that chain reaction and it's going to go and go and go. And so for me, like, what does it mean to speak? It means the opportunity to elevate the world, to bring yeah. smiles to faces, to help people yeah. achieve their true definition of success. And like, I love that. It yeah. gets me so excited to be able to do that on the virtual stage, on a podcast or just in an arena with thousands of people. Right. Yeah. So true. Like, what was that? What was that big moment? that you realize you impact somebody's life. Like, tell me about a story uh, of someone's life you impact and it just completely just shifted your mindset and just maybe a, a, a level of gratefulness. I'll give you, I'll give you two. Cause I want to give two completely different like spectrums here. Yeah. So, so the first one is I'm, I'm speaking to a, a youth leadership, high school leadership group. I'm at their, I'm at their conference. And at the end of my speech, a person comes up to me and it's this kid and he's crying. And I'm kind of like, what, like I, I'm like, I don't know what to do here almost, but like I give him a hug right. and I'm like, hey man, like what's up? And he goes, Jake, like, I just want you to know I've never thought about success the way you talked about it today. You know, I've always thought success was about money and status and fame and all these things. And he says, but truthfully, like success to me right now would just be able to have both my parents at the dinner table with me. Mm. And I was like, wow. You know, because that's not something that I would have expected. And when he said it, it gave me all the feels. Yeah. 
because it reminds me that we have no idea what somebody is going through. Right. We don't know what the, what where they're walking, but what we do know is that if we can put hope, if we can instill some inspiration and motivation into other people, yeah. well, we're giving them a chance. Yeah. And that was a beautiful thing for me to know that that message hit home with him so much. Yeah. And then the second one, man, I was doing a, a workshop for a, a big corporation and it was about 15 people. And I had them do this exercise that like this guy did not look like he was feeling it at all. And I was like trying to read it and, and I'm like, this dude's not vibing it. So like, what am I, how am I going to adjust? Like, do I need to adjust? Is it just him? Like, you know, cause you're always trying to like figure out how to be better. Mm-hmm. And a couple of months go by and I find out six months later or something that this guy, the exercise I had was to text somebody that you appreciate. And he ended up texting his daughter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Six months later, I get a response from this guy and for some that, and for some that knows him. And he goes, the entire relationship with my daughter has changed because of that text. Wow. And I was just like, again, sometimes we don't know yeah. what we see. We only can know what we're doing, right? Yeah. And when you think about it is, is we have to, as speakers, create this idea that we are not human doings. We are human beings. Mm-hmm. And we got to be present for the people that need us. Yeah. And we have to allow people to be who they are meant to be and yeah. to step into that. You know, I, I think it's so simple, right? To, to, it's easy for us to give in to just going through the routine. I know this part of my speech. I said it a million times, but not realizing that somebody behind those words is 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 receiving that and they need change. They need that transformation. So we always got to come at it with that same level of intensity, just like I would run on a track. Right. Like I'm always I got to come with it with an attitude of 100, giving my absolute best, because if I don't make it through this part, I can't make it to the finals. And in the same way with with our our speaking you, you got different rounds like you get you got these different people and every time you get on that stage it's important it's important for you to understand that you're making a difference in people's lives thanks for sharing that that part right there because that's that's real like it's so easy and not even just in 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 speaking right like it's so easy to just go to the, go through the routine in our in our marriage go through the routine with our friends go through the routine in our in our workouts go through the routine and waking up and and just feeling like blah right but it's so important that every little thing that we do is bringing us a step closer to impacting somebody's life and mm-hmm. and as a speaker you got to be careful what you say and how you say what you say because it can make a big difference it can make a huge difference we can't take that lightly what was one of the the biggest hurdles that you had to overcome before you started getting paid to speak <laughs> i mean I, th- I think there's been a lot of hurdles along this way I, I think the biggest hurdle though for me when when i started um was truthfully not knowing who i needed to talk to to get booked so I approached this when I first started speaking because I didn't know what I was really doing. I had just written my first book and I was like, yeah. someone had told me that you can get paid to speak. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm a speaker now. <laughs> and so I just started, I just started. How many people do that, right? Like I'm a speaker yeah. now. Like, yeah, right. got booked. Yeah. Like, oh, you, can, you can get paid. And I'm yeah. like, I can get paid. I'm going to get paid. Right. Right. And, there, and I was like, I can make a difference and make money doing this. That's the name of the game. That's the dream. And the problem was though, is I had this book 
but I didn't know at the time like who my ideal audience was or who were the people that could book me. And I was just spraying and praying and reaching out to anybody and any everybody and just kind of hoping yeah. that I was going to get some gigs. Yeah. And then I talked with a mentor and I started to get a little bit more specific and I got a little bit more specific. And as I've gotten more and more and more specific, as well as as I've grown and done other things, it's gone from me just hoping that somebody will respond to being very intentional, which has increased my success rate and also dramatically grown my referral rate, which as a speaker, when you're talking about getting paid, your referrals from other speakers and your referrals from the people that book speakers is going to be huge to continue to build up and get to where you want to go in your speaking career. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the game changer. Like, and I, I would honestly encourage, you know, not just the journey to pay speaking gigs program. You need a coach. You need to get in part of, of somebody's tribe, somebody who's been there, done that, that can help you grow to that place that you need to get to. Right. Like we can't be doing things by ourselves and expecting things to be excellent. Excellence comes in the form of community. Excellent comes when you have accountability, and, you know, as Stevie Covey says, uh, accountability breeds responsibility, right? You are you are held accountable for that calling in your life, that voice and that message that you have. So get a part of a tribe, guys, like because that's the game changer with with just growing and constantly improving and, and evolving your speaking skills. Now, as a speaker and a coach, what would you tell someone who is a coach and they're looking to become a speaker? If you're already a coach and you're looking to become a speaker, well, similarly to how you've built your business is, is look to people that you've already served as a first place to go to for potential speaking gigs. Yeah. If you've already served them and you've delivered them incredible results as customers, well, they're probably going to be a big fan of yours, which likely means they're going to be willing to help you out. Mm-hmm. The other thing is to tap into what have you done to grow your business in the first place as a coach? right? Tap into your tribe, identify where it is you want to speak and what the intention is behind that. Do you want to speak on stages and get paid? Do you want to speak on podcasts? Do you want to speak in guest coaching programs? What type of delivery do you want to do, right? Do you want to do workshops? Do you want to do keynotes? Sometimes we just think speaking is speaking, but there's so many different ways to deliver a message that can breed a result that you're looking for. So if you're a coach and you want to become a speaker, identify what is the intention behind being a speaker, then identify who can you talk to that can potentially bring you in and then create your game plan moving forward along that lines. Yeah. But that's the, that's the name of the game right there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I really enjoyed today's podcast. Before we go, where can the tribe find you? What can we stay connected with you and, you know, all the books and the exciting things you got going on in your life? Yeah, man, the best place right now is to go to Instagram at Jake Kelfer. Hit me up there. We got some goodies for you guys. You can get a free copy of my book, Elevate Your Network. You can also get into our our program podcast, Tour Secrets, where we help speakers, authors, coaches, experts get booked on podcasts. Um, So we got some of those things going. And if you want to chat, just shoot me a DM and we'll make it happen. There it is. Hey, this is the Journey to Pay Speaking Gigs podcast. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Leave a review, go to iTunes, go to all of those different avenues and definitely subscribe because we're going to keep these episodes coming. Love you guys. Peace out.